folks. Welcome to the Creative Language Learning Podcast with Kirsten Ammers. Hello and welcome everybody to the Creative Language Learning Podcast. It's Kirsten Hammers here from fluentlanguage.co.uk. As always, bringing you some cool articles, interviews, and just chat about language learning and particularly um, how to do it in a creative way, take it seriously and make it a part of enriching your life because that's what we're about here. Um, in today's news and announcements, um, I've just got a thing to say. I'm very excited that Fluent Language is hosting the first meetup and that's going to be in London town. So if you happen to be in London town on the 18th of October 2014, Come and join us at 5pm at the Language Show Live at the London Olympia. Um, it's going to be a free, free meetup just to, you know, chat about language learning. You can ask me anything that you want um, about teaching online, about learning online, um, about setting up your own website and language blogging. I would absolutely love to meet you and see you there. And you can find out more about this event and just look up the dates and times again at fluentlanguage.co.uk and then you just click on events or you can also go to my Facebook page facebook.com slash fluentlanguage so it's very very easy and that's the little announcement today um, without further ado I just want to tell you what we've got on today it's a slightly unusual one because my main interview is not me interviewing someone else but me being interviewed um, and I thought it was really, it would be really interesting to you guys as a podcasting audience still. Um, my conversation is going to be with John Colley, who is a business strategist and online teacher himself. He's got a bunch of online courses and John runs a particular podcast called the Online Learning Podcast, where he talks to influencers, to online instructors, people who've got courses, particularly people who have courses on Udemy. Now, I was the first language tutor that he talked to, apparently. Um, and John was um, all the way through, he speaks really good German and was putting down his German, very naughty. Um, he could say stuff like ausgezeichnet and really, really good pronunciation. So congrats, John. Um, we talked about the big mistakes that people make when they're starting out learning languages. And a particularly interesting point that I found was that John asked me about Tim Ferriss and the Tim Ferriss approach to languages, which is the 80-20 rule pretty much. So if you're just going to learn the 20% that people use 80% of the time, really, you're going to be fine in language learning. You can just muddle along. Um, so we're going to talk about why this 80-20 rule can help you rush through learning a language, but why I prefer a stroll to a rush. <laughs> so I think I think the method works, um, but that's maybe not the fluent strategy. Um, and you will also hear a little bit more about a course that I've been teaching for a good while now on Udemy, udemy.com, um, and how that course helps you learn French. There's also going to be a special offer for listeners of the podcast. So I'm just going to drop that audio in here. And first of all, let's move on to the news article of the week. The news article of the week today is not really in a traditional news outlet, but it's on the very cool new website medium.com. 
Uh, it is written by a German translator who works for the charity Reprieve. And Reprieve works for social justice and they are very active in working with prisoners in the Guantanamo Bay camps. Um, in, just in case you are uh, unaware, I've been living under a rock, Guantanamo Bay is a camp where prisoners suspected of being terrorists are held and it's off the coast of the USA, I think. I'm going to have to look this up. Where is Guantanamo Bay? Taking a little break uh, just to review uh, where Guantanamo Bay actually is. It's in Cuba. So moving on with that um, and getting serious, the article that I want to talk to you about and I want to recommend to you is called 11 Years Lost in Translation. And in this article, um, the author speaks about the different misunderstandings and mistakes that can creep into translations between even situations where the stakes are extremely high or you would think they would be extremely high. This is about people's lives. It's about whether they are imprisoned as terrorists and the situation she described. Um, there are two examples in this one and one that I found strangely amusing um, given the context of the situation is that as it turns out, there is a place um, in the Yemen, a small town, is called Al-Qaeda, because Al-Qaeda means the base um, when it is translated. And in August 2001, Imad Abdallah Hassan was arrested by the US forces. And what happened to him is, is such, a, such a strong example of a misunderstanding and the way that when language isn't respected, when it is not respected, that different languages are a real strong barrier between people, things may go wrong. So what happened is that this guy was suspected of being a terrorist, uh, may have well been a terrorist, I'm not here to get political. So he was handed over to the Americans for a $5,000 bounty. The US intelligence agencies had paid good money. The informants confirmed he was a terrorist and they just needed to prove it. So Imad has been cleared for roughly half of his time in detention. But when he was first seized, the US thought he had something to do with Al-Qaeda. And indeed he did. He grew up around Aden, which is just 80 miles south of Al-Qaeda. So when the US interrogators first demanded whether he knew of Al-Qaeda, he was totally honest. He knew it well. Somewhere between his Arabic and the American ear, the truth got completely lost. And this is a significant thing. This is a man who has been spent, who has spent years incarcerated, um, suspected of knowing Al-Qaeda. Um, but not the place, the big terrorist organization. Um, which is, why am I telling you this story? I am telling you this story and I'm making you aware of this story for two reasons. Number one is to really draw attention to how important and how significant it is that good translators and good interpreters get supported, they're put in place and they are absolutely not considered as dispensable at all. Uh, they are, they are irre it's irreplaceable to have a neutral 
translator who really pays attention to the nuances of language. This is not something, in my eyes, that technology is going to replace anytime soon. Um, the knowledge levels that are required for this are absolutely incredible. Um, and what's very interesting for me as uh, somebody who studied translation in um, and for as a master's degree is that what we what we studied and what we learned what i think is very interesting is that the translator and you can see this here always plays a role there is always something in the translation that can get added or lost by the person or the piece of technology the software in between now what good is this to you as a language learner if you're just starting out um the, maybe the moral of the story is to think that you've got to check yourself when it is so important even for a military interpreter who has been hardcore trained in this to lose uh, the sense of a word the sense of a sentence then you as a language learner just be aware how much respect we have to bring to the fact that we're learning a foreign language here this is not a technological exercise there is so much culture there is so much meaning that people express when they're speaking so when you are reading a text and you're making a guess at what the things that you're reading might mean just check yourself twice because misunderstandings in language misunderstandings in language learning can creep in very, very easily. Um, so it's perhaps not the most motivational, happy message today. <laughs> I hope you forgive me um, and just think of this as a real important thinking piece. Um, so yes, it's important to make sure that you know, you're know you doing your work and you're making progress, but don't push yourself to make progress. Um, stay at stay within the level that you're at and make sure that you really pay attention to what you're reading make sure you pay attention to all the expressions and think about what the author was trying to say every piece of writing every spoken language is the expression of somebody's world and it's just like al-qaeda can be in place in the yemen or can be a big scary terrorist organization this is about worldviews and this is about how we express the world around us so extremely interesting point of view and i'm going to put the link in the show notes to medium moving on to the main interview now What you're about to hear is episode 79 of the online language learning podcast. It is not hosted by me. It's actually hosted by John Colley, uh, who is going to be leading the interview. And I wish you an awful lot of fun where we're going to talk about vocabulary learning tips, the big mistakes people make when they're learning a language and how the 80-20 rule can help you learn a language, but whether you really want to use it. This is the online learning podcast, episode number... 79. Are you passionate about lifelong learning? Well, now lifelong learning is available at the click of a mouse. The online learning podcast brings you course creator interviews, free marketing tips, and free course recommendations, as well as exclusive discounts every week. So now it's time to join the six minute strategist himself, John Colley. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Online Learning Podcast. I'm your host, John Colley, and it's great to have you with me today. In today's episode, I've got a very interesting conversation with an online, online language tutor, Kirsten Hammers, 
who seems to be able to speak just about every language under the sun, but she's certainly excellent in French, German, English, dips into Russian and expresses an interest in Welsh. Um, uh, that combination really scares me. But she's, she's a fantastically talented um, language tutor. She's got a very interesting, very well-laid course uh, laid out on Udemy. And I wanted to get her on because we haven't spoken to many language tutors um, and spoken about foreign languages very much on the podcast. And uh, we have a, a very engaging and, and, and friendly conversation. I just wish I'd had a, a language teacher like her when I was doing my French A-level because it would have made it a lot more interesting as uh, I really struggled with that. Anyhow, I hope you enjoy our conversation and I'll see you on the other side. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Kirsten Hammers to the Online Learning Podcast. Kirsten is an online uh, language tutor. She's got a great uh, course uh, all about French grammar, and um, it's going to really show me up with my poor French A-level. Um, so, Kirsten, a very warm welcome to the Online Learning Podcast. Hello, John. Uh, thank, you for, thank you for having me. No, it's great, great to have you here. Um, thank you for making the time. I know you've got a very, very busy schedule. I always like to start off by getting to know you a little bit, and I'm sure um, everybody listening will too. So perhaps just tell us a little bit about your your background, because you do seem to be multilingual and, and very international, um, and a little bit more about what you're doing. Okay, yes. Well, I uh, my native language is actually German, and I have lived in the UK for 11 years now. Uh, pretty much 11 years to the date. And I came to the UK as a student, really, and I had done foreign languages before. I've always had a fascination for languages. Um, graduated in languages. I've got a translation degree. Um, and I've had various jobs working in international environments. About two years ago, um, I started my own business uh, called Fluent, and I started to become a, a language teacher. So that's what I've been doing for the last two years. I've been teaching languages online, mostly German, but also French. All right. So how, how many languages do you speak? Uh, my fluent languages with, with, you know, credible, proper qualifications are French, English and German, um, especially English is my main language these days. And German is my native language. French is what I've got a degree in. I also speak, I kind of model myself through in Spanish. And I have studied Latin, Italian, and I'm trying to learn Russian at the moment, although we've just been on holiday in Wales, and I'm fascinated by Welsh, and I really want to learn more Welsh now. Yeah, my, my, my wife comes from, from Wales. In fact, we're, we're going up to the Abergavenny Food Festival tomorrow, which should be good fun. And uh, But I, I cannot make head or tail of um, the all these words, which have got no vowels in them and funny pronunciations. But her aunt and uncles, well, her aunt particularly, um, is uh, a fluent Welsh speaker. Mm -hmm. And so I can I can go to uh, to her aunt and, and ask her for for translations and pronunciations of these uh, of these words. But uh, it's an extraordinary language, absolutely extraordinary language. It's wonderful. It's really made me feel so excited to be in the UK, which isn't a foreign language speaking, you know, like America. The, the, the they are English-dominated countries, so there isn't really as much foreign language around as in Europe, where I come from. And to be suddenly in a bilingual place in my country is amazing. Yeah. I'll tell you a very quick funny story once. When we were going over to Wales and we had my wife's daughters in the back when they were young teenagers, and as we went over the Seven Bridge, I said, did you get your Welsh chips for your phones? 
said, so what do you mean? I said, well, you, you do realise that, that all the phones in English in England don't speak Welsh. You need to get a special chip to put inside it. And there was a sort of stunned silence in the back. And then, oh, yeah, OK. But uh, it's, I did have them going for about five seconds. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Well, we don't know. I mean, with, as we're recording this, um, there's a big vote being taken in Scotland on whether it's yeah. going to be an independent country. So there might yeah. be Scottish... Phone chips in the future. There might well be. There might well be. Well, you know, we'll have to see how that how that pans out. So, <laughs> so how did you? Um, I mean, obviously, you've started your language school, which is very exciting. Um, how did that then lead you into putting it online? I was I was online right from the start. I think I live in Lancaster in the north of England, um, which isn't really it's you know not like London. I just didn't see myself filling a curriculum full of or filling a week full of private students here in Lancaster um, and providing you know providing the kind of courses I dreamed of providing. So I was online right from the start, teaching on Skype. Um, I've taught students in China, in Saudi Arabia, in Switzerland and Germany and the USA and Canada. Um, and that was always straight away there. And I sort of started playing around on, on YouTube, um, which is where my French course started. It was um, a little series I did for fun called French on a Windowsill. Because that's where I am in all of my um, videos. I oh, teach right. from, from my Windowsill. So that gets the lighting um, optimised. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I did have Udemy tell me off about that because every now and then it's a bit very light on one side and very dark on the other side uh, right. of the room. Yeah. But, so so, yeah. so you, you, you got onto YouTube and everything. So how did you find Udemy and, and how did you then migrate to Udemy? As I, as I got to about 10 video lectures in French and I found that... They, they had a very, very good reception and they were very popular. And I sort of, you know, as, as somebody who does business online, who blogs, because I've, I've had a blog with a growing audience um, ever since I started teaching, I've been blogging. Um, I, I was wondering whether I, I was looking at sort of what's out there and what is, you know, what, what the value is of what I'm putting out there. And I, I really wanted to make it from a few sort of disparate videos into a proper course. Um, looked at it all and I started looking around on like, oh, where can I list them? How can I sell them? What I originally wanted to do was just sell the videos on my website as a bundle, as a zip file. Um, and that's when I started realizing that technologically that's not really as easy as you think it is. Um, and I love the way that Udemy actually gives you a much better learning environment than I could have given my students. Mm. Yeah, it's, it is an excellent and well-structured platform. Mm. So, so just your, your course is called, just so people can find it, um, yeah. what's it called? It's called The Complete and Easy French Grammar for Beginners, Level A1. In case you don't know what A1 means, that is pretty much the first year of learning French. So the type of grammar that we cover is the grammar that you would find in your first French book, um, quite a big book, and it is actually designed in line with um, all the kind of leading textbooks that you would find. I made sure that it covers what you would cover in your first French class. Gotcha. Um, but I've had a lot of people who, like you, will have had, you know, say a rusty A-level or a French degree. I've had a lot of people come back and kind of talk to me about this course and say, this is great because it's so much, it's such a great revision to what I had in the university and I'm beginning to understand it much, much better. Yeah, well, I, I can't remember how many years ago it was I did my French A-level, but it was, I think I finished school in 79, so um, it's really rusty. It's not just a little bit rusty. <laughs> 
Um, but, um, OK, so just give us a quick run through of what the course covers, just so people can get a flavour for, for what they might learn from it. Mm -hmm. So the course had, the course is split into two sections, the first one of which is basics. Um, and every one of the lectures, you do not need to know any grammar. You don't like because I found that a lot of English native speakers are very apprehensive about the word grammar and are very scared of it. And, it, you know, it's not it's not exactly sexy. Um, so what this course does, um, it gives you a roadmap of how French works, but based on how English works. So there's an intermediate step that I found my students found really useful with me saying, OK, so here's what a verb is. And then we'll talk about French verbs rather than just throwing everything in. So it's very, very it's structured from the point of view of an English speaker. It's explained from the point of view of, of basically an English speaker. It starts off with very, very simple French things. And you'll actually find that within the first seven lectures, even if you didn't know any French at all, you can pretty much speak basic French. You can introduce yourself. You can talk, you can talk about where you're from. And then we have um, a lecture about adjectives. And the exercise that you take with it is describing yourself. So you'll be able to say your nationality and your hair color. Um, so it's, it's kind of a basic French course in the shape of a grammar course. And section two, the intermediate grammar then moves on to kind of the things that are really quite tricky um, and can trip people up. We talk a little bit about how to talk in the past tense, how to talk in the future. Um, and th there are specific errors that kind of everybody makes in French because it's really hard to understand, for example, when you make the de, the off, into a du, which is of the. Um, so we kind of go into the structure of why does it do this? Why, does, why is it the then and do then? So if French has ever frustrated you, this is the section to kind of work through. Yeah, I think my whole French aid ever frustrated me, actually. <laughs> I, I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> So what are, the, what are the common mistakes people make when they first start trying to learn a language? It doesn't necessarily have to be French, but I mean, I'm, I've always struggled with languages. Um, I have a, a huge admiration for you with all your, your multilingual skills, but um, I'm, a, I'm a complete, you know, la language, um, what's the word I want? Um, I'm trying to think of something which is not too pejorative, but I'm, I'm not good at languages. <laughs> so, so what are some of the mistakes I've been making? I, I, it's interesting because one of the mistakes that one of the mistakes that I find or that I would say people make is in mindset, and that is almost at the heart of what you, you're describing. There, it's when you go at it with an attitude of "I am going to really be really bad at this," um, or "This is really hard," and that's very, very you you make it harder for yourself to be successful if you set the standard extremely high. You think you're going to be fluent in four months and. Fluent in itself is not really a very measurable word. It's not really fluency. It, it is it can be many, many things. You need to think about for yourself what is realistic, what am I going to manage in four months. Um, so it's much, much easier to think about what are the clear goals you set yourself. I actually say that most self-directed learners will benefit from joining an online course because it goes along a structured path and that is something that a lot of online learners are missing at the start and kind of it's very easy to sort of do the basics in some a program like Duolingo learn how to say hello um, learn how to say where you're from and after that you start tripping up because there's just gaps so to be guided along 
at least in your first six months of language learning, can really benefit you. Um, so I say one of the biggest mistakes people make is mindset. It's just, you know, approach it with positivity and optimism. Um, try out lots of different ways but of, of doing it. You know, some people learn very well through podcasts. Other people, I'm, I'm one of those people, I don't learn very well from the screen. I'm much better when I scribble in a notebook. And I'm very, I'm very good in a group, but not so much individually when I have to rely on my own discipline. Um, so know yourself, really. Know your learning style. Um, try out lots of different things, find out one that suits you and then commit and put your head down and really remember that you are a learner. You're not supposed to be perfect right from the start. And, and how do you deal with the issue of, of pronunciation? Because again, um, the, the, the British are notorious for, for murdering foreign languages with their, um, with their pronunciation. Mm. Um, when I'm teaching people one-to-one, -one, it's easy to figure out um, the errors people make. What I've done in the Udemy course is that every, every example I give, um, I talk a lot about pronunciation anyway, but every example I give, I have sounded out. And it's always so that people see the written example, the translation, and I read out every sentence. So I do it very, very slowly. And I think there is an advantage to me being not a French native speaker, because I know what's tough about French. Yeah, but and you also have a very clear, um, accentless um, voice. So I think it, it, that, that also helps. I think when you're learning French from a, from a French speaker and they've got a very thick French accent anyway, it, yeah, it can be a bit, a bit difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, what about vocabulary? I've always struggled to learn, um, you know, vocab. Um, and I, and I, I know your course doesn't specifically at the moment, at least address this, but can you give a few tips to people for, for how they can improve their vocabulary learning? Yeah, well, funnily enough, I've written a book about it. Oh, OK. Well, you must <laughs> give us the link for the book so we can definitely send them in. I will do, it. yeah. It's it's called The Vocab Cookbook and it's been out um, since this year. Um, so basically, my main tip about learning vocab is really whichever structure, again, some people will learn very well working with online flashcards. Other people will learn very well in a paper-based system. Um, but I have really two main tips number one is be organized repeat things that you know you want to repeat be sure that you've actually taken a note of new words when they come um and kind of you know it, you you could have flashcards you could have what i usually have is just a little notebook you know where i slowly fill the pages in pen and paper um and other people work with systems called anki or memorize and they are online flashcard systems but whichever one it is be organized about it. When you encounter a new word, actually type it in or write it down and make sure that you repeat it. Um, and number two is wherever you can, work with the mental context. So a very good example, for example, for me is the French word nuageux means cloudy. So cloudy weather. Um, and what you can do is build an, a mental image so, I mean, if, if you're getting really advanced, you can build a whole memory palace. But what I tend to do is build a mental image that builds the bridge between the English word you're trying to remember and the French word. So nuage, to me, sounds a bit like new age, you know, nuage, new age. Um, and then when you're thinking new age, OK, you can think about hippies. So what I like to imagine is um, a bunch of hippies um, on a cloud being all happy. Could, oh, could, could even be a cloud of smoke because they're yeah. all smoking, who yeah. knows? Um, but exactly, so that's a, 
and that is a very vivid image and I've kind of, it makes me smile. And I used to have real trouble with that word and I haven't forgotten it since. So yeah, take great. the time to yeah, commit it to memory. Very clever technique. I know I, I, I like that. Um, let me, let me ask you about, about something else to do with the vocabulary. And this is picking up something that Tim Ferriss writes about. Mm -hmm. um, when he was learning Japanese, he was really struggling. Um, and he, uh, one day he was in a, a, a manga comic shop and he saw this poster on the wall and it was full of Japanese characters. And the, um, he asked the, the shop owner what this was and he was told, I think there was something like 230,000 characters in Japanese. And he was told that this was the 2,000 standard characters that all the newspapers and anybody who was in the government agreed to limit themselves to to make sure that anything that was put out was, you know, easily readable by the masses. Well, he suddenly worked out that instead of having to learn 230,000 characters, he only had to learn 2,000. And better than that, there were about 200, which were the main building blocks of all those other 2,000 characters. So he suddenly, at a stroke, um, and it's a sort of 80-20 rule, except in this case it's the 99.5.5% rule, um, he, at a stroke, you know, reduced the amount he had to learn. And I guess that must be the same in any language, that there are very common words that if you master a limited vocabulary of very common words, you can probably have a conversation with 80% of the people 80% of the time. Do you subscribe to that? And is there a way to actually transmute that and actually find out what, you know, those words are and, and approach vocab and learning a language from that point of view? Um, I do subscribe to it. The... the, the Hmm. <laughs> the, the Tim Ferriss, sort of the 80-20 method, or the Tim Ferriss approach to learning something, is a very mechanical approach. Um, it's very much about, okay, so how can I get myself to get to the point where I kind of get along in this language? Because really, um, this isn't... It, it isn't so much about learning about really immersing yourself in Japanese culture and about learning a language and really, you know, making it part of your life and having and growing through learning this. This isn't what that Tim Ferriss approach is about. His approach is about how can I most quickly achieve this goal that I have set myself? Um, same as a fitness goal or a, you know, a, a certain weight loss goal that people set themselves and that, that there is there is a merit to that so yeah absolutely you can you can shortcut to um achieving a level of vocabulary where you can have a conversation a basic conversation with most people um but i would argue and most real teachers would argue that in order to feel the language in order to really have it it's about why you learn a language and my argument would be to me it's always been i learn a language because I don't want to learn the most f common 500 words in Welsh and then just stop. I want to, yes, be competent, but I'm curious about the whole place. I'm curious about the sounds in the words. I'm curious about what Welsh means to the Welsh people, for example, same as with Russian, French, German, any language. Um, there is so much more to language learning. So if you take it as... I guess it's a diff it's the same as the difference between going on a crash diet or making a lifestyle change. If you take it as something that you build into your life, you will find that you become a more tolerant person, you will become a an open person. It's it's been very often proven that people who are multilingual um not just 
benefit from better brain processing and generally tend to limit the amount of brain aging that they suffer from. Um, but they also benefit from these kind of achievements and mindset changes. Um, so I think there are psychological benefits that the 80-20 rules just isn't going to give you. Um, but it's about thinking, it's again, it's going back to motivation and thinking about why you're learning a language. So to me, um, I would say, yeah, that works. Um, but at the same time, is that really the point? Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. No, very interesting to hear your side of the uh, your side of the coin, as it were. Um, mm. let, let's let's talk about your experience in making the course, because I, um, you know, there are lots of instructors and potential instructors listening to this. So, um, mm -hmm. I mean, how did you find you know going on and creating an online course as opposed to just a, a few videos? Um, how did oh. you find the experience, and, and what advice would you have for other instructors? Sorry, that's that's my cat who guest stars in most of my videos. Oh, right, yeah. Well, my dog is in the kitchen. He, <laughs> he, he likes to guest star verbally and um, and, and gets told off. Uh. <laughs> so we then have to re-edit the video, so uh, re -edit the recording. So I've um, he, you know, he's been consigned to the kitchen. So, so some experiences from from of, of making the course and making and, the course. Yeah and, yeah. and what advice would you have? I found that. Um, well, there are there are two ways of, of thinking about it. Number one is really when you're thinking about, okay, I'm gonna make a commercial commercial language course. Um or you know, any course in anything really, cookery or I mean there's a lot of SEO and kind of marketing stuff that people can do. It's thinking about what kind of marketplace would you like to be in? Where would you like to be for visibility? Who are the kind of people who are interested in studying this and where are they going to be? Um, and then there's number two, which is thinking about what kind of quality of course do I want to provide, which is what drove me to Udemy or what attracted me about Udemy really, which is the fact that the Udemy environment is, is available on mobile, which is absolutely excellent. The platform is really great for students, but it's also really great for teachers. Uploading videos is good, and there's like an actual person assessing the quality of your videos. Um, so in terms of, and then number three is really providing the best course quality that you can. So make sure that you do provide downloadables, worksheets, documentation, make sure that you engage with the people who are asking you questions. If people are asking questions, that's usually a really, really good thing. And you will find like, for example, I have added a modal verbs lecture that I didn't have at the start of the course, but I think belongs in there. And I have added information about the future tense and that's in response to people asking me questions. So you can actually make your course better once people are on it. Don't think your course is finished and a completed product when it's when it's on there. I also note you've got about a third of your lectures are available for preview, which is um, which is quite I think it's quite generous of you, but it's also quite quite helpful. Mm, absolutely. Well, I I wanted to I I believe that the way the way I approach my videos is that in terms of production, um, they've all got a cute little credits and a song, um, but more importantly, it is me talking to my students. Um, so it is actually I am I am in each and every video explaining things, and I do have a lot of fade into the written examples and diagrams. So I do explain things by means of visual aids. Um, and then I also have voiceovers that kind of, again, you know, like you mentioned with pronunciation, it's important to give an audio example for everything. Mm. And I found that it's really important, or to me, it was really important for people to be able to see the quality of my videos before they decide to try them out, because I think they, they are very, 
good or I'm very proud of them. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely right. And I think it also helps the students to trust you and uh, it therefore makes it more likely that they'll want to buy the course. Whereas if they're j jumping in, even with the 30-day guarantee that Udemy um, provides, you know, if, if they, they're jumping into something a bit blind, then um, they're less likely, if they're, they're unsure about it, to, 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 to progress and, yeah. and therefore might miss out. And there's a, I mean, there's another point which kind of goes back to the fact that my course is a grammar course, <laughs> um, but I am not a dry, staunch, um, very strict, old-fashioned, dusty school teacher. Um, I'm actually quite smiley, and I try to make things as approachable as I can. So it's also a case of, you know, I want to reduce people's apprehension about the, you know, the word grammar, because it's a grammar course, so I'm not going to remove that from the name. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, and that's probably what people are looking for, probably a very important keyword. Mm. Um, give me an example of a course you've taken that you really enjoyed by somebody else, because I always like to try and give a, a, a plug for somebody here. Um, there's there's a an online tutor who does a lot of I think he does programming courses mostly but he has done some great work for other instructors on Udemy. His name is Hugh Collingbourne, another Welsh person I believe, um, and Hugh Collingbourne has a course called How to Teach an Online Course, um, which is all about the best way of getting top quality out of your so it's less of a curriculum design course it's a technology technology it's a technology course um he talks about microphones how to set up a tripod how to light your how to better light your video and there's a whole there's a video it's just eight minutes and it's pretty much like him showing how his home studio is set up which is so impressive so i found you very approachable i like listening to him i like his accent i think it's a great course Brilliant. I mean, I've, in, I've interviewed Hugh on an earlier episode of the uh, online learning podcast, and he is yeah, a very great, great guy and uh, has done remarkably well and, and, and provides fantastic content. So I'll make sure I link to that in the, uh, in the show notes so people can find that. Um, Kirsten, let's talk about your course again in terms of a coupon code offer for the uh, online learning community. Uh, what have you got for us today? Absolutely. If um, if anybody's interested in taking the course, we've got a non-expiring coupon, so feel free to use it anytime. It's um, OLP49, so that's OLP and the numbers 49, um, and that reduces the cost the course cost to $49. So you get the whole bunch of, I'm just looking at them, um, I think it's 18 videos. Um, 18 videos, um, a few worksheets and downloadable PDFs and everything for just $49. Amazing value. And of course, once you're locked into that, then any additions you make to the course are all included in free, you know, and it's lifetime access, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's brilliant. that's you to me. And I, I love the way you can, I use the iPad app and I love the way you can use it on the iPad. So that's yeah. a great, it's such a good feature. And, and they've just improved the iPad app because I was really struggling with it before, but now it's a, a lot better than it was, which is good. Mm. Um, we'll have to see what it's like on iOS 8. Yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm waiting for the first uh, bug fix to come out before I jump into that because that, that's always a bit of a nightmare. Um, you can find all the links to Kirsten's course uh, at the show notes. The show notes will be at jbdcolly.com forward slash OLP079. This is episode 79. Um, the links will all be there. They are affiliate links. And so if you click on them, you're supporting the podcast. Thank you very much. If you uh, want to go directly into Udemy, um, the, the title of the course will be there. You can just manually input the OLP49 code. There's a redeemer coupon button right below the blue button that says take a course. And that way, Kirsten, currently, uh, Kirsten will get about 97% of that. 
um, as opposed to having to share some of it with me, the affiliate scheme. But whichever way you want to go is absolutely fine. She's done all the hard work. She deserves the reward. Um, so uh, d definitely, you know, pick pick your route and and um, and go whichever way you're comfortable going. Uh, Kirsten, that's brilliant. Um, been really great to talk to you. Where can people find out more about you? Um, my my whole language and linguist home on the internet is fluentlanguage.co.uk. Um, I pretty much live on Twitter. I'm always on there, and people can just find me at, at Kirsten Hammes, and that's spelled K-E-R-S-T-I-N-H-A-M-M-E-S. Brilliant. Okay, I'll make sure there are links to both of those in the show notes as well. Kirsten, it's been a pleasure to meet you. Um, very interesting to learn about, you know, languages. I think you're the first language um, instructor I've had on the Online Learning Podcast. And Yay. You, you do really seem to be making it a lot more interesting and a lot more fun than it ever used to be. So all I can say is, ausgezeichnet. Danke. Schön vielen Dank. Amdi Nexter, thank you very much for being a great guest on the Online Learning Podcast. Thank you so much, John. Oh, it was a pleasure. Yeah, viel Spaß. <laughs> And we're back and um, listening back to that, can I just say, wow, my energy level was through the roof this morning when I recorded this beautiful interview with John. That was so fun. Um, really, really great uh, person to talk to. And I just wanted to draw your attention again to um, the partly cultural, partly um, endemic classic self-depreciation that a lot of Brits partake in. So the amount the, the, the amount of times that John sort of says, oh, my French is very bad, um, my French A-level, I didn't enjoy it all. And then later on, I spoke to him um, a little bit off the air, um, outside the recording, and he talked about having worked with a German company, having been in the army and been in Germany and, you know, conversed in Germany, but my German is not very good. And this thing, this mindset thing, is really something you've got to watch. So make sure that you remain neutral about your language learning. This is something that you're doing for fun. Uh, if you listen to the last podcast, which was with Randy Glover, um, I think that is a very healthy, optimistic, great attitude that Randy has got, which is basically, well, I'm doing this for fun. It's a little challenge to myself. I love feeling like I'm making progress, but I'm not in a race. I'm not in a race. And it's something that I say to you um, many times on these podcasts and also on the blogs. You're not in a race. You're not, you know, I mean, by all means, you know, work hard to become a polyglot if you want to. Um, but make sure your life, make sure you're enriching your life. That is the main thing that, we, that we're aiming for. Learning a language opens the door to another world. It makes your life a little bit better. It makes you a hopefully a little bit of a more tolerant and open-minded person and other people's opinions and judgment are unimportant. Um, and with that very positive and motivational message, I'm leaving you today saying goodbye from the Creative Language Learning Podcast. Um, I hope you really, really enjoyed today's podcast um, and I'll see you next time. This is a message from my sponsor, which is me. <laughs> Are you excited about making money teaching online, connecting with a global audience and becoming location independent? Maybe a bit nervous too, or you've dipped your toe in and found it's a bit more difficult than it all looked at first? Then you should check out my new course, Compass. 
Compass is a two-month course for independent online teachers who want to get to the next level in their business. Come and visit us at fluentlanguage.co.uk slash teachers. Thanks for listening to the Creative Language Learning Podcast, guys. Don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast in iTunes, particularly if you enjoyed it. And don't forget that you can also let me know what you're thinking. You can email Kirsten, that's K-E-R-S-T-I-N, at fluentlanguage.co.uk or you can follow me on Twitter and it's simply Fluent Language on there. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you and I'll see you next time. Goodbye.